Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Province Sports Podcast. Welcome to the White Towel Vancouver Canucks Podcast. I'm Paul Chapman, joined by Patrick Johnson. Uh, if you like this podcast, you can subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts. Give us a rating. Uh, but we are going to talk today about the Canucks, about their health, about their injuries, about their losing streak, about their goaltending, and anything else you want to talk about, Patrick? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, nice to be down here in San Jose, American Thanksgiving. Very quiet around town. I was actually able to go up to it. Uh, some family friends have some turkey dinner yesterday, but uh, yeah, back to hockey and uh, the Canucks are looking to break a losing streak. They are, and obviously this podcast, we we like it to have some longevity be, beyond the day that we record it, um, but yeah. we can't ignore the fact that they are playing the Sharks tonight and then the Kings tomorrow, and then they have the Kings at home early next week, and, and Patrick, right. if there's a chance to get off the floor with this losing streak that they've been on, and no doubt they have been competitive in this. I, I would suggest that they have been more competitive in this stretch than they were when they hit the floor last season around this time. Um, yep. But you're playing the LA Kings, who are the worst team in hockey right now. Yeah. You know, what What are the chances that the Canucks don't get this done now and, and you know, rid themselves of, of this storyline? Well, you know, I mean... The odds of losing this many games in a row are, you know, even just on probabilities alone are very low. So, you know, maybe it even gets somehow this incredible upset on Friday night against the Sharks. But, yeah, you know, as you said, that Kings game against a team that is in complete disarray and isn't getting anything done. And, you know, I mean, has Willie Desjardins as a coach. But, but you know, I mean, we, we saw what Willie was like here, and I just don't see him being the guy to fix the problems that the Kings have, which are beyond coaching. Um, yeah, it, it, it's a, it is a big weekend for this team. There's no doubt, not just for them emotionally. You know, I mean, we talk about American Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving being the sort of a, a real kind of benchmark. If you're in, you know, you're probably going to make the playoffs. And if you're out, probably not. Canucks are on the, on the outside looking in right now. But I don't think anybody's convinced necessarily that the Ducks are a lock who passed them on Wednesday because of that win. And, you know, the Flames look like they've figured it out. The Sharks are clearly the favorites in the division. Vegas has fallen back to earth, but probably also suffering a bit of bad luck themselves. And you go through, you know, the Oilers, God knows what's going to happen there. Uh, and, you know, and then you have the Coyotes who are, well, the Coyotes. So, you know, I'm, I'm not sure, you know, where the Canucks go, but definitely emotionally, it, it, it is a big win, a big moment. And, you know, I talked to the, 
you know, I talked to Troy Stetcher about it this morning, and, you know, he sort of said, I don't know, you know, they took the day off, he went to go see a movie, that sometimes maybe that is just what you need, and you, you get your mindset differently, and, you know, Travis Green, on the other hand, he said, you know what, you know, he doesn't he doesn't buy too much into the idea of guys needing a mental rest, but just says, you know what, in the end, you know, this is the job, and, and you know, you can't get too up, you can't get too down, and I've got a bit more from him the story I'm going to be writing about, talking about just sort of where they are at, at in the season. But, uh, no, I mean, you got to think that that Kings game, it, it, there is a lot more riding on that, no matter what they want to try to tell you. Well, yeah, you know, I know they've had a lot of games on the road, but I would be a little distressed if in late November they need a, a mental rest. I agree. I think especially with the team being younger, which does bring me to the yeah. point that, you know, the Sedins are gone. It's a different leadership group. You guys feel more empowered to step up into that role. Uh, and I have to admit, the last couple of years when the Canucks would hit these uh, skids and, and the Sedins would be asked questions and they were total pros, they would sit there and they would say the right thing. They were always accountable, always ready to answer questions. But they had this kind of zombified, dead-eyed look when they were talking about losing streaks and what they had to do. And I just didn't believe yeah. it. Because you can say yeah. what you want. It has to be done on the ice. How This is different now. It's a different locker room. How do you think this group yeah. is handling the stress of being on such a long losing streak? Well, we saw a lot of frustration on Wednesday night because, you know, you know to go back to your earlier point, yeah, I, I do think they are playing better. And, you know, it's funny. They lost the Deans who were so important to them offensively and were always going to be a big task to replace. And, it, it really what it's become a story is not necessarily a replacement, but of almost reinvention. They're now playing it a more up-tempo, a different style, a style that, that you know, wasn't the Sedin's game. And, uh, you know, Elias Pettersson has allowed them to do some of that. The emergence of Bo Horvat as a, as a strong two-way player. I mean, they'd hoped this was the, this is who he was going to be the last couple of years, but he's really doing well, even in heavy minutes. And even without, you know, them, them trying to give more ice time to a guy like Brandon Sutter, you know, in, in terms of the defensive thinking, you know, a setter is still out with his shoulder injury. Um, no, the, the, the group is definitely claiming resilience anyway. And, and again, as I said with Green, he basically said, no, it's, it's about a question of, you know, the, what he looks for in his team is how they handle the ups and the downs. You know, do they adjust mentally with, to what's in front of them? Uh, no matter what's happening, do, do they worry about, um, you know, when things are going well, is nothing going to go well? And, and, you know, we're seeing a bit of that with, uh, with, um, you know, Jacob Markstrom perhaps getting a rest tonight. I guess Nielsen's going to play and he's a guy that's had to carry a huge load and I think he's had a hard time, hard time because of it. And, you know, we've seen he's a guy that does well when he gets more breaks and, and isn't feeling the pressure. Um, as much and, and, you know, I mean, a young group of players, you play every other night, you know, this is, this is, it's not just that they, they haven't done that a whole bunch. It's also that they're playing it at the top level and, and there's a grind and, and sometimes you get bounces and sometimes you don't. And they haven't, they haven't been getting a lot of bounces, but at the same time, they, they, you know, got to make some of their own luck. And I think that's been their focus is trying to just say, listen, you got to do, everything a little bit better and uh they're not feeling down but at the same time i think you know it grates on you they're, when they get that win there's gonna be a huge load off i don't think there's any doubt about that See, they're gonna feel a lot better about themselves uh just by the fact that they don't have to talk about the fact that they that they've lost 
you know, six or seven games in a row, depending on how you count. So it's interesting you bring up Mark Markstrom, and we know that he still has the uh, the proclivity to give up a weak goal that maybe lets a, a bit of a younger team down. However, this team is fourth in the Western Conference in goals for and dead last yeah. in goals against. Um, how big an issue is goaltending or is that wrapped into the way they're playing on the blue line as well? I, I and I guess, I think sorry, I guess it's unfair just to tag the blue line because we all know fours have a responsibility to be, right. you know, in their own end as well. Yeah. However, the, the other area, the two areas of this team that I think people will scrutinize are the blue line as they have from the start of the season and the goaltending. Yeah. And you know what? I think it, it, it you know, as I wrote yesterday, it's hard to talk about one without talking about the other. Um, you know, I think for the most part, what we've seen from Jacob Marshall is who he is, which is that, you know, he's a, he's an, probably an NHL goalie, probably not a full-time starter. Um, you know, the return of Nielsen, like I said, is, is going to be a huge, a huge help in that. Um, in that, you know, it just takes the load off, gives him a chance to, you know, just settle a bit. And, uh, um, but the, def- the defense, you know, is another is another issue. I mean, Alex Edler is expected now to return against the Kings, not playing against the Sharks, and he makes a big difference. I mean, he he's he's not he's not you know by any shape the number one defenseman on you know a better team, but he's still a, a top flight NHL defenseman who, who changes the dynamic of your group. And getting him back is going to help. Um, you know, and, and then you look at how things have been going in other pieces. I talked to Stetcher this morning. Stetcher was the, the strength minutes leader on Wednesday night. And, and you know, he's feeling comfortable. He's playing well. You know, and so he's a guy that, you know, he's going to be a dependable player. There's a, I, I think a good case for him actually should be getting more shorthanded time, but that's a, perhaps another story. Um, you know, and then, and then you look at the way Hutton has been playing, which is mostly pretty good. And, uh, you know, good Branson actually, I think, has quietly improved. You know, he's not still not the sort of elite top end defender that he was perhaps sold as, but he's he's, he's played well enough. Okay, you know, but but, role that, but Patrick, just allow me to jump in there for a second. Yeah, good Branson was was one of those guys who, when things were going well, when they went on the last road trip before they came home for two games, that people were saying yeah. this is the best they've ever seen him in a in a Canucks yeah. jersey, uh, and maybe yeah. this is the guy that Florida thought they they had originally. Okay, so on the body of evidence for the whole season, you can say, yeah, maybe better than we thought. But now, like, have you seen a regression over the last two weeks for him? Uh, Well, this is what I was going to get to, was that in the end, the sum is still, you know, there's a lot of kind of the same, which is that, you know, they don't have a sort of elite top end. They've got, you know, some good players. Uh, I suspect that they, in the end, were better than they were last year, and and you can see perhaps why they decided to come back to the same eight group. But when you talk about Goodbranson, you can't help but talk about the whole group. And and they've been asking them to do a better job disrupting um, the opposing teams as they come into the zone and trying to reduce shots off the rush. And they've done a decent enough job. But like we saw on Wednesday night, there's still you know too many turnovers. There's too many uh, chances being handed to the other team in prime shooting areas. And you know. Jacob Marsham has been making those saves. It's been the, it's been the long and weird angles that you've had troubles with. But you know, as 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 the picture goes, you know they've given up too many goals, and there's a reason why. And and you know, in the end, it is a statement that as you build your team forward, as you try to create a team that's going to contend for the playoffs, you have to build a team 
that is a better lineup than they currently have. And, and so because of that, um, that, that kind of comes back to the, like I said, the goaltending. You can't talk about the goaltending without talking about the defense, without talking about the system as a whole. And, and that's been the struggle is that they haven't, you know, they haven't done those little things very well. They've, they've turned the puck over. Um, they haven't broken out as clean as they have. They've ended up putting themselves under pressure. And, and at the end of the day, that comes down to the talent at hand. And, you know, you can talk about needing to do those things better, but if you don't do those things better, you know, and it keeps happening, well, then the answer kind of becomes obvious in terms of what the problem is. So ultimately, though, you, you're you still seeing, even though they're actually behind last year's points pace, you're yeah. still seeing a team that for you is showing significant progress on? Fair to say that? I don't know if significant is the word. I, I, you know, I think I would say this. I would say that they, you know, they, they've, they've been unfortunate. You know, they, they, they are getting goals. They're scoring goals. They're, they're, they, they've made a conscious effort to at least be in a more interesting team. You know, you could try and play a complete shut it down, slow it down, keep things really boring, and and they're not. And I think from that standpoint, they're showing that they could score goals, and that wasn't always something that was obvious outside of the Sedin last year, and perhaps uh, Brock Besser. And you you know, we look at what they're managing to do this year. And that's again without Brock Besser, and, and or I should not again, but I should say that's without Brock Besser. And so offensively, yeah, I, I would say there's progress. I and mean, the power play is better, but but in the end, they're still giving up too many goals. And that was that was the story last year. And if they can if they can you know reduce reduce the errors even a small amount, you know they are going to be in the mix. That's the thing is that like I said, you know the, the, the positioning, the context matters. So the points. The points are an issue, absolutely. But at the end of the day, the context matters, and the context means that they're they're on the edge of the playoffs. You know, the the, the slump, the six game losing streak, you know, has pushed their point projection back down to the low eighties. But they finished last year seventy three points. So as things stand, even though they're behind where they were last year, they're still projected to finish ahead of where they are last year. Does that so matter though? Like, I, I like, don't know. I th- I, I think to that's me, a question. no. So, so we talk about again this mythical U.S. Thanksgiving line, and it's it's you are where you are now. They're not far out of a playoff spot now. So, you'd yeah. say if they if they track the same way they have been to this point, they're going to be in a dogfight at least for the yeah. the eighth spot yeah. in the in in the playoffs. However, um, I to me this this is not about how many points you get. It's literally. Or do they get another shot at the lottery, or do they get some playoff experience? And I'm not sure which one would be more valuable at this point. I think I think you know I think you just track forward with what you have. I don't think you make any drastic moves. I know there's talking about getting a goalie and that sort of thing. I think that that inherently is too drastic of a decision because to get a goal, you're going to have to give up something. And, and you know they're not a team that really can afford to give up very much. They have some prospects. They don't have a ton of prospects. You know, that, that, by the way, is the side question of why you'd rather have a lot of draft picks at your disposal because you end up with more prospects, which allows you to do more things. Um, and, and, and they're, you know, they're pretty, they're pretty narrow in terms of their options if they're going to make a trade. Like, you know, they could try to move a player that two that they have. You know, maybe they find a guy like Michael Delzato whose contract's up at the end of the year. Maybe if you, you look for maybe a team that might like him as a depth player. Maybe you convince Alice Edler again, his contract is up, but he has a full no trade clause. Maybe you convince Alice Edler to to have a go at another at another team at the end of the year. Um, but 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 in the end, you sort of stay the course because if you make the playoffs, great. But 
really you should be thinking about getting another high-end draft pick because that that will be the easiest solution to your problems. So, you know what what you know I think it is a fair point. It doesn't really matter where they're projected to finish. No, I don't think it does because I think at the end of the day, um, you, you need to be. I mean, they talk a lot about it, building a team that's going to make the playoffs and then building a team that's going to contend. You know, inherently that means continually getting better and finding better players and 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 you know guiding your younger players as they improve towards you know their sort of mid twenties, which is when players tend to tend to really peak where they're at. You know that that that's what you're focused on, and and like I said, the 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 rest is gravy. You're gonna you're gonna start winning games again, and you know I think you you, you rest on that, and you you focus on the you know to use the cliche of each you know each individual game, um, and and don't like I said, don't get distracted by the rest. That that you're focused on just what your group is doing, and you know if there's a way to make them better that comes with you know not much cost, then you do that. Uh, you know, I'll be honest. I, I've I've liked the way this Canuck team has looked this year. I do like their the that they even though they were in the middle of this losing streak, they're competing in all those games. I mean, yes, you yeah. have to question. I, I this whole thing appears to have started uh, obviously in Buffalo with a very late collapse right. with a two goal lead. Um, yeah. Those are lessons learned, and I do wonder. I mean, you know, you get a lottery pick, and if you end up in the top five. I think that's still a great thing for the Canucks, but at some point you want that playoff experience. You're not going to jump into it as a contender and it would be fine. We've seen this with Edmonton, right? It's fine to tank every year and end up with a collection of draft picks. But at some point I do think the losing can become cultural. And I, you know, again, this is a very young impressionable group and it's nice to see you're seeing in the locker room. Certainly Markstrom was the one who vocalized it the most, but are those visible signs of frustration there? Oh yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, I think I, I, I you know, you, you go with a guy like like Antoine Roussel. You know, side note, it was his birthday on Wednesday, so I'm sure that has something to do with it. But you know, it, it, I'm told it's not the first time he's done it. It's the first time I've seen it. But you know, there he is. He's sitting in his in his essentially his underwear. You know, his, his long shirt and his shorts that he wears under under his gear, and he's sitting on the floor. You know, and and that's where we ended up interviewing him, and and he was frustrated. And he said, you know, there's just too many mistakes, too many turnovers. And this is a guy that's new to the team. And, you know, he knows he's been on, you know, he was on a Dallas Stars team that consistently underachieved. So it's not like it's the first time he's seen this, but it was a reminder of how much, you know, how much, you know, losing grinds on you. And, you know, you look at a guy like Bo Horvat, who, you know, was a very successful player in junior, his first season in the NHL that he made the playoffs, and they haven't been back since. You know, that must absolutely just grind him. So, you know, emotionally making the playoffs should absolutely be the target. I think I think that in the long run, I do think that's better for for the team because it just sort of says, listen, you guys actually are good at hockey. You're not you you know, you're not a bunch of not a bunch of losers, literally. You know, you're making you're making progress, you're moving forward. Um you know, the, like I said, the defense we saw not great stuff from them last year. They're at least producing more this year, but they're still giving up too many goals. And, and that's, that's going to be the biggest challenge for this team is how they, how they adjust that. And can they find, you know, uh, can they find something different? Because, because over the last six or seven games, they've, they've been honest about what the problem is. There's too many mistakes. And, you know, the other thing that, that I kind of find myself thinking a lot of is actually a lesson from, from, you know, writing about rugby, which is, and one of the former Canadian Sevens coaches used to talk about the idea of physical capacity, and I thought it was just a buzzword. And then I 
one day realized what he really meant was was players recognizing how much more they're actually capable of doing. And a lot of that comes down to fitness, and a lot of that just comes down to inner drive and how much, how hard they can push themselves, and realizing that maybe I can push myself more. I mean, we've seen that in Ben Hutton; he's come back healthier and better, and as a result, he's just able to do more things over over the course of a game, and the numbers are bearing that out. And and that that becomes another challenge for a coach as well is basically helping the group of players that he has, you know, as a group and then individually understanding. You know, is this the most I really do have to get? You may think it is, but then you can go and say, listen, no, actually, you can do this more. And it's finding ways, uh, you know, both from from the player themselves and then from a coaching standpoint of doing that. And, and if that means that you're on the edge of making the playoffs, then that's great. And that means there has been progress. And I think, as you said, you, you, you like, you know, we look at the team and we like, like the look of it better, that the way they're playing suggests that, that, there has been progress, even if there isn't necessarily points on the board right now. And, you know, at the end of the season, you certainly do hope that you say, you know, the team as a whole was just doing more stuff. They were making more things happen. And that that was why there's been progress this year versus last year. But you still have, you know, 55 games to play. So I know you got a piece coming later today about uh, today yeah. being Friday. Um, about Edler being on the precipice of coming back. He's certainly closer than yeah. Besser, but how badly do they need those two guys back? Oh, you know, I mean, it, it's funny. I was talking to Brendan Bachelor about this morning, and you're just kind of pondering the strategy of getting Edler back. And, and in the end, Green basically said it in, you know, post-morning skate comments that essentially it was about, um, you know, the fact that, you know, it, it wasn't a smart idea to bring a player who was just coming back from an injury and who hasn't really built up their own, uh, you know, physical sort of readiness. You know, I mean, playing the games is what gets you ready for the next game. To put it in two games in a row on two nights in a row, so which clearly indicates playing on Saturday night. But we were kind of discussing what his return really means for the lineup. And, you know, right now, the, the, the power play is actually working and they've they scored goals in, I think, it's five consecutive games now. And, and, you know, they aren't always pretty, but they're getting the results. And, and Ben Hutton seems to be running uh, running things well on, on the point, which had been the Edler spot. And Edler has generally been a pretty good player on that spot. So, you know, maybe you don't need him there. But he definitely helps, you know, he helps your five-on-five play because in the end he's better than, better. you know, he's a better option than, than anybody else on the left side, except perhaps Ben Hutton at this point. And and then on the penalty kill, I mean the penalty kill is a total train wreck right now, and and they're having they're making bad reads, they're making bad decisions, they're not you know they're not causing enough uh, trouble for the other you know, the opposing power play, you know, and he's a player that he's always been a pretty good penalty killing defenseman, um, and that's just making the right decisions, things happen quickly, reading, putting yourself in the right spot, you know, it, it, he he will help them in, in in just so many ways because at the end of the day, like I said. It's not just that he's he's older and more experienced. He's just been a top end NHL defenseman for a very long time, and the Canucks just don't have anybody else like him right now. So, and I saw your levy was scratched uh, in Utica this week. Um, that's yeah. that's been a question for this year for guys like your levy and and Dolan is. Yeah. yeah, they're they're going to be in Utica, but they're going to play lots, and sooner or later we're going to see them up here. Uh, I don't. I really don't want to be one of these guys, Patrick, that calls a guy a bust before he's had an honest shot in the NHL. Yeah. I'm not suggesting that of Yoel Levy, but the signs are not pointing in the right direction, are they? 
Yeah, I, I mean, just to be clear, he's, he's picked up some sort of injury, so he's sort of expected to be out for about a week. But, no, you're right. I mean, he's a, he, he looked the top ten of, of his draft year, and if I'm not mistaken, he's the only guy who has yet to see up in an NHL regular season game. And, you know, the, the comparisons with Matthew Kachuk are inevitable and, and, you know, perhaps unfair given the fact they play different positions or whatever. But, no, you Levy, you know, uh, you know, all the signs say, I mean, he's moving the puck well, he's putting up points. You know, the guys that watch him, I talk to the guys that watch watch your comments fairly often, they both say that, yeah, there's there's definitely things that he needs to fix defensively. I'm sort of of the opinion, well, why doesn't he just come fix them in, in the NHL? I mean, what better place to learn than against the best forwards in the world? Um, you know, why why be so cautious? Yeah, I, he's a guy that, you know, in the, in, in sooner rather than later, I was going to say the long run, but really, sooner rather than later, he'd like to see him you know, as as a guy changing the story on the left side there, that, that Edler is becomes a, a very useful player because he's not having to play the big minutes anymore because, you know, essentially his role has been usurped by by Ben Hutton, has been usurped by all you Levy. That 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 the, the story to to to, to quote our, our friend Ben Kuzma that the story is being moved forward. And uh, you know, that they aren't just talking about I mean Alice Edler's been with the Vancouver Canucks since 2007 and, you know, has been a great defenseman for them and is going to be one of the all, you know, he is. Whoa, 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 whoa. Great? Yeah, he I'm, has. I, not, not for me. He's, I, he's never fulfilled his potential to me. He's been a good defenseman. He's never, from what we saw those first few years, people talked about him potentially being a Norris Trophy candidate, never been in that conversation, never been in the all-star conversation. I think you've got a taste of Canuckitis there, uh, where pretty much everyone who plays the organ goes in the ring of honor. I think it's a real stretch yeah. to call him great. But that's just well, me. Well, I'm, I'm looking at a player that, you know, when he was 22 years old, scored 10 goals, put up 37 points. I mean, that's nothing to sniff at. He put up 42 points the next season. He put up 49 points in 2011, 2012. I mean, he was a, he, he, he was a top defenseman for a very long time. And even last year, he put up 34 points on a team that just wasn't very good. And I, you know, I mean, yeah, he never competed for the Norris Trophy, fine. But, and you know what, perhaps it is, perhaps it is overstating things. But this is a guy that for, for a lot of his career has been a very effective contributor and has played heavy minutes. And, you know, he's not, you know, he's never been the super elite. He's never been a sheriff. He's never been a Dowdy. He's never been a guy like that. But I think people don't give him enough credit. I think he, Partly because the team was so good and there were so many good defensemen around him. But he's been a, a quality defenseman for them for a long time. And he's going to be, you know, he's going to be in that, in that, you know, that line of good defensemen. You see it's Owen there, Sam Gallo there, you know. So where do you, where back. do you rank him in all-time Canuck defenseman? Well, I'd have to sit back. Which is, is the weak, there's no debate. It's the weakest position group the Canucks have ever had. They've oh. had great goalies. Yeah. They've had, you yeah. know, outstanding yeah. forwards. No, that's fair. Yeah, and that's fair, and that is fair to discuss. Yeah, they've had, you know, they have Hall of Fame forwards, and they've had, that, you know, I mean, I think Rupert Longer should go on the Hall of Fame. They've got a Hall of Fame goalie in their path. They've got Hall of Fame coaches. Uh, but, yeah, you know, you're right. I mean, that's a fair, that is a fair thing to recognize with the context. They don't have a Hall of Fame defenseman in, 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 their, uh, in their list. But, anyway, I mean, to get back to your original question, which was, you know, what does Edward bring? Well, he's going to change a lot. I mean, he changes the dynamic of the group. He he is a guy that, that, you know, makes smart decisions on the puck generally. Yes, he makes mistakes, um, 
you know, but at the end of the day, like I said, he, he's a better player than just about any player that they have on the left-hand side. And, and yet, in the end, one day, you know, which you hope is soon, you know, he won't be that, he won't be that number one, number one guy anymore. That it'll be, that, you know, that is, that it's Hutton or you Levy that's, that's taken over that role. Yeah. And, I, and to be clear, he's a very talented player, but when you look, say, at a player, the legacy of an Alex Burroughs, who achieved so much with very little, I see it a little yeah. the other way around with Alex Adler. I see him having the tools and the potential to be a great defenseman, and he never quite got there for whatever reason. But that's just me. Well, that's, so so that's let's that's... – <laughs> sorry, I do want to bring one more thing up for you because um, I know this is one of your favorite favorite conversations. Every year, oh, the Canucks say – we have depth. We are not going to use injuries of an yeah. excuse. And here we have the owner today tweeting, not on Uber, but about how oh. they've suffered injuries. And that's one of the reasons why they are where they are. And yes, he lauds their, he likes their effort and their battle. And there's a lot of things to like about the season. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. But here we go again. No, we're not going to use injury as a crutch. And we are two months into the season and injury is a crutch. You know, I, I think, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, the players aren't talking about it. The coach doesn't really want to talk about it. Um, you know, I think I think they're they're doing what they can. You know, the fact they haven't had Besser has been has been a problem. You know, the said Berchi, you know, said Berchi telling Swiss media this week that you know he's basically dizzy after after um, after you know after a single skate last week is you know terrible news because you know he's certainly underrated in terms of his influence on the team. Um, yeah, I mean, those have been factors, but, you know, for the most part, scoring has not been the reason why they're losing. And, and no, fourth, guys, in the, fourth in the conference, is, as I said earlier. Right, and both those yeah. guys, I mean, both guys change the dynamic, and then you end up playing a little bit more in the offensive zone than the defensive zone, and that is a factor in, in how your team plays defensively. But on the whole, you know, the, it was funny. I put it in my game story, Brandy Carlisle. Uh, you know, brought it up himself before Wednesday's game because his team had apparently had seven guys out injured. And, and he said, listen, you know, you have to, you sort of have to sacrifice some of your offense for a better performance in, on defense. And that's, that's what's going to make the difference for a team that's, that's dealing with injuries. And, and that, that to me is the story. It's not, it's not that they're, that, you know, oh, oh, as many were heard. It's that, you know, they have, they simply have, have not played well enough as a unit on defense. And, and that's the story. That, that should be what the owner is tweeting about. Um, you know, trying to trying to make an excuse like that. Like, you know, I mean, there's a reason why players and coaches say they don't want to use injuries as an excuse because in the end, there's nothing they can do about it. Like, there's nothing, there's nothing you can change. And it's simply sort of declaring, well, you know, what if, what if we had these other guys? Well, what about the guys that you have right now? And that, that becomes... The question, I mean, on the depth question, they actually have finally fixed that problem, I would say, and that they have, you know, they, they you know, they, they've brought up some guys from, from the American Hockey League who clearly, I think, are NHL quality players. You know, are they game breakers? No, but the fact that they were actually able to bring Sam Gagne back up, you know, and Gagne's looked good in two games, and I think actually is a smart fit to what this team looks like now, and we'll see if he stays going down the road, but, uh, you know that that was that was something you know perhaps not by design, but in the end that's where they ended up. And, and you know, Brendan Gaunt only played three games, didn't play a ton, but he was involved in a couple wins. And um, 
now they brought Reed Boucher up, and you know, it, it, but for the fact Boucher having a terrible trip coming to Vancouver, and you actually kind of wonder if that's perhaps a, a lesson about the future of the Utica Comets. Uh, you know, the fact that he his flight got delayed out of Syracuse, which is the nearest airport to Utica, and so he missed his connection in Washington D.C. Had to spend overnight in D.C., then took a 6 a.m. flight to get here, and it sure sounds like. Uh, Travis Green was planning to put him in the lineup, and he's a guy that scored 10 goals in 12 games for the Comets this year. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it, they have guys that, that you know do interesting things and are going to be you know useful enough in the bottom end of the lineup. Um, so that that depth question is not really a problem this year, and so it, it's kind of funny to that 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 the um, the, the the you know that the the owner is talking about that. Well, come on, Patrick. How bad could his trip be if he was in, you know, leaving a city that had Uber and going to a city that had Uber? Well, or, well, or Lyft, perhaps. I mean, the <laughs> so. so if we look at this team on a on a broader scale, we know they have Quinn Hughes in their pocket, but it's a fair question about yeah. the defense. Is that, you know, if there was a challenge at Jim Benning's feet, is it fixing goaltending? Is it fixing, like, I'm bringing in better quality goaltending, bringing in... Uh, you know, more help on the blue line, or is there still that need to get more elite talent at the forward position? I, I, at forward? I'm sorry, at forward? Yeah. Or, 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 no, no, I'm just saying, oh. like, when I, when I look long-term at this team, we know that right. Quinn Hughes is on the way. You know, we're hoping right. that they're getting, that, that they've at least got a solid NHL or in UL Levy. I'm just saying, as we look one, two, three seasons down the road, what's Jim Benning's okay. biggest challenge in building this team? I, I it, you know, I mean, you, you hope... All signs suggest Hughes is going to be good. Um, you know, I, I think I think that that's helpful. You levy, you know, you think is going to be good, and that helps you. Uh, no, I, I think. I mean, I think the question does become: you can never find enough good defensemen. Um, and that was certainly a lesson of uh, you know that year we never like talking about it anymore. But 2011 was a year where it was the lesson: was never good enough defensemen, and we forget about. Sam Sallow's uh, Achilles injury, which meant they got to keep Kevin Bieksa, which ended up being that they had, you know, an elite core of defensemen in the playoffs. I mean, they still would have been pretty good, but the fact they got to keep all those guys around um, what was a lesson. And, and at the end of the day, the, the, you, you, like I said, you want to keep finding players that make your team better and, um, and they make you better than what you have today, that tomorrow is a, is a stronger team than it was today. And, and that involves finding in the end, more defensemen, and that has proven to be a challenge. Uh, you know, that they basically, um, you know, Troy Stetcher, Troy Stetcher has been a, a good story. That was a free agent, free agent signing by Benning. But, you know, that Delzato has been, you know, I mean, they, they're going to get two seasons out of him, and, you know, they're going to get him playing a lot. And But the question, of course, is, is you know, what does, you know what is that? What is the actual long-term story of him as a Canuck? And you know he's a guy that that you know had an offensive pedigree early in his career. You know was probably played too much last year. You know and that that kind of becomes part of his story. You know, but at the end of the day, you know that like I said, you need to find defensemen. You need to keep finding better defensemen. Pedersen changes the story at forward. There's no doubt about that. Um, because of the fact that you know he, he looks to be tracking into being that elite number one centerman, and you know, and Brock Besser, as we talked about already, is an important player. And you know, what, you, you worry now about Sen Berchi when he's talking about 
you know, talking about quality of life after hockey and he's all 28 years old with a concussion and he's worried about that. You know, that's a player that, you know, you need to find more guys like that. And, uh, you know, they've got, they've got some interesting prospects, but not every prospect pans out. Uh, but, but at the end of the day, if the question is, if there's one area you got to pick to work on, I definitely think it's going to be, uh, it's going to be on defense. Do you think Travis Green has his eyes squarely on this season or is there, I think it has to be a transition when you're coaching in a place like Utica where he had great success. I think yeah. you know that while that success is great for your development, you're trying to develop NHL players. When you're at the NHL level and you're coaching, it's a little more of, I got to win. If I want to keep my job, right. I got to win ultimately. Um, do you think he is still low solely focused on every night getting the best result he can? Or do you think he yeah. has his eye one, two years down the road in terms of the development of these well, players? Well, I mean, he has, he, he talks about, you know, he talks about this team becoming a playoff team. And, and you know, he used a, a good word, I thought, today because, you know, I don't even really know what the word rebuild means anymore, but he, he said progression. You know, we need to show progression. And, and that, that, that is the, that is the, um, measuring stick at the end of the day is, is that they, that they're, that they're better, like I said, today and, or they're better tomorrow than they were today and that this season was better than last year. And, um, you know, I, I, I he's a player, that, or sorry, he's a coach that's coaching to win. Like he wants the team to win because inherently that makes, his players feel better. I mean, that's why you play the games. You know, they would like to believe. Oh, don't go Horm Edwards on us here, Patrick. <laughs> They'd like to believe that they're a playoff team. You know, I mean, that's, you, you don't just show up to play the game. I and mean, that's the thing I always find funny is that, you know, I mean, you kind of mentioned earlier, you can get into a position where emotionally you don't think you're good enough anymore. That is going to drain you. But they, they aren't at that spot yet. And they're definitely in a spot where they're, they believe that, that they, are going to win hockey games and they're going to win enough hockey games to make the playoffs. And Travis Green is coaching like that. I mean, he's been shortening his bench in the third period. That's a, that's a coach that, that has a clear sight on what his target is and and, uh, and where he wants his team to be. Yeah, I know. I, I, he's totally coaching to win. There's, there's no doubt about that. Now, before we finish up here, um, you've got this great Instagram ac- account, uh, Patty J on the road, as it's your first season covering the team. Um, yeah. I know you've been through the grinder on a long, a long trip earlier this year. Yeah. Uh, this is a little different. You're in California. It's a little quicker trip. Uh, certainly we've been in the middle of our seasonal monsoon, uh, here. How have you found, uh, your first trip covering the Canucks to California? Well, it's, you know, I mean, it's been a funny, it's kind of that funny schedule. You know, we come up to San Jose instead of being in LA and I, you know, haven't really gotten looked, but that's, that's per- perhaps partly a consequence of, uh, them playing at the always busy Staples Center and being the sort of third professional team there, perhaps. Uh, but no, I mean, you know, Anaheim is, I didn't, I, I was thinking about this this morning, actually, I was, I was walking over the SAP uh, Center here, was thinking about the, the pond, the Honda Center and, and the kind of construction of it, which was that kind of this old time movie theater feeling to it. There's lots of granite, lots of, you know, lots of darker colors and almost sort of an art deco kind of style to it. That was kind of a funny thing to contemplate because it is, of course, really near Disneyland. Um, and getting a sense of sort of this sort of, you know, I drove into Orange a couple times and, and, uh, which is the sort of old sort of town center around there. And you get a sense of sort of old time California, California definitely being a unique place and a place that uh, obviously has lots of people and lots of roads and lots of cars 
for lots of stuff happening, and, and it, it's a, the weather's always pleasant, and it's, you know, it was kind of funny comparing it with with Florida, which you know, in the end, I'd had enough of, and was was too steamy and too humid, and too kind of everything looked the same. Was you know, this place feels a bit different, and of course, came up to San Jose, which is which is right next to Silicon Valley, and went and visited some family friends for Thanksgiving dinner yesterday up in Berkeley, and uh, you know, I mean, nobody cares, but uh, dealt with them on too. They had an unbelievable rainstorm up there last night as I was driving home, which made me feel a bit like I was at home, perhaps. But, uh, <laughs> oh, nice no, to be able to experience that for American Thanksgiving, too. Yeah, exactly. But, no, you know, I mean, California, it feels, it's funny. It feels, there, there's just sort of a vibe here, the laid-back nature of people. Uh, you know, it, it's, it, it feels a lot like home. And uh, with, you know, with, like I said, a nice, perhaps a nicer temperature for this year. Um, it's been nice. It's been pretty straightforward. There's been no real hiccups. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's, 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 you know, you're paid, you're getting paid to talk and write and watch hockey. It's kind of hard to beat it. No, it's fantastic. I mean, I look, I love Vancouver. Um, but I certainly, I think it's an interesting debate about as a player, whether you'd want to be under this microscope or, you know, say you could move down to California and, you know, be able to go to an Earl's type restaurant and not have the eyes of the world upon you and whatever you happen to be yeah. doing, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, totally. And it's, you know, you can see why, why this is a desirable place. I mean, even if the, even if it, everyone thought the Kings were not going to be all that good, you can see why Ilya Kolchak was drawn to signing in a place like LA because of the fact that, you know, it's a nice place to live and you're relatively anonymous. And, and you know you, you you like I said you have nice weather most days, um, you know and the team the team is the team is a a team that uh, you know has has uh, you know has some profile but in the end it's just it's sort of one among many and uh, yeah you don't have the microscope the way the way we do that you know I mean you know when we were I mean I think back all the way back to to Carolina and the fact that. Uh, um, you know, there was kind of jokes from, you know, there were, there was more media at the Carolina game than I expected, but at the same time, they were joking about the fact that there were so many of us that, you know, that, that there's, you know, obviously us proposed media. There's, there's, you know, TSN, there's six, there's Sportsnet, you know, there's some other website. There's, you know, a writer from Sportsnet. There's, there's, there's a lot going on. And, and, uh, some other website. I love know, that. <laughs> yeah. You know, and there's, 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 you know, and it's, you know, I mean, it's fine. I mean, personally, you know, you could, you know, I personally wasn't a big issue that Canucks have decided to go back to the goalies aren't talking on game day and, you know, whatever. I mean, you know, there's lots of other things to write about and lots of other things to do. Convenience-wise, not the easiest. But for, you know, for my purposes, it's not, you know, it would have been nice to talk to Nielsen since he's been on the shelf. But, you know what, it's not the end of the world. There's, like I said, lots to write about. I can understand why it's more challenging for for the radio guys, because, uh, uh, you know, the audio is what they do and, and having the, the starter as someone that's in your clips helps a lot more. And, and, uh, you know, when I'm trying to write stuff, that's a little more forward looking, you know, I'll talk to Anders Nielsen after the game and that'll be fine. And, um, yeah, you know, I mean, that's, that's a sort of them saying, listen, we get you guys every day and there's lots of you. And, you know, I mean, there's a lot of different ways to take that, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's not, it's not a huge deal. I, you know, I mean, but it's a reflection again of, like I said, the fact that there's, we're there every day. We're asking questions to some guys every day and, 
and you know, and uh, that's something that the Sedins used to do, and Bo Horvat's taken on board, and is always ready to talk. He kind of knows that he's going to be the guy. Even if he's out wearing the seat. You know, he's a guy that's uh, essentially a, a, a team player's spokesman, and 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 he's he's you know fine doing that. So, um, yeah, I, yeah, it's 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 been a nice, it's been a good experience. And in the end, like I said, you know, I mean, I, I, it, it, the players. The players, you know, are, are you know continue to be good to talk to and 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 are are you know trying to keep a upbeat look and you know, but at the same time, you know that they're frustrated about losing. I mean, losing losing wears on you and it sucks. I mean, a number of guys have said it sucks, and we got we got our first f bomb from Markstrom on on Wednesday night, and that was an expression of frustration. Um, but you know, as as far as it covering a team on the road, it's. It's, uh, it's been good. Awesome. Well, great stuff there. You can follow Patrick uh, on Instagram if you want to see his exports, mostly what he eats when he's on the road. Uh, Patty yeah. J on the road is great stuff. He has stuff in town, too, when he's when he's at Rogers. But, Patrick, we'll let you go. Uh, enjoy the rest okay. of your U.S. Thanksgiving weekend down there. I know you got back-to-backs there, and then you'll be back home. They play the Kings yeah. on Tuesday. So I want to thank everyone for listening. We will endeavor to do two of these a week, White Towel Podcast. Uh, download, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, give us a rating. Uh, But thanks for listening, everyone, and we will talk to you next week.